Well, I'm gonna talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back. Back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is... This is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how we read our calendar wrong and kind of just forgot to record an episode this week. But wait, don't quit the podcast yet, because we still have a podcast's worth of hot new content for your ear holes. You may have heard us talk about our summer O-Pilots that is currently running on our Patreon, which you can join for as low as $5 at patreon.com slash debate this cast in our recent episodes. But in case you haven't, let me tell you that our actual play D&D Patreon podcast, The Office Drones, is nearing the end of its first campaign. We've taken the summer off of role-playing to prepare for the end game and have instead been test-driving some show concepts for what comes next. Each month this summer, we've released a new pilot episode to our hashtag ButtThwompNation premium feed, and they've sounded a bit like this. Hello, and welcome to month one of what we're calling the Summer of Pilots. If you're listening to this, this means you are a card-carrying member of hashtag ButtThwompNation, and for that, we thank you for your support. Thanks. Hey, you're, you specifically are great. You individually are great. This episode is part of our Summer of Pilots, while we look for a replacement for our Office Drone series for our premium listeners. Hello, and welcome to month number three of what we're calling the Summer O-Pilots. Like a bucket of fries at your local county fair, this series serves to satiate the ravenous hunger of eternal existence and is also our opportunity to test drive some new content for the DT exclamation point premium feed. In that order. In that yep. order. Mm-hmm. We have one more yet to be recorded pilot that will hit our premium feed on August 30th. And then we'll open up a poll for our patrons to decide which pilot should become the next premium show. So what are you listening to now? Well, this DLC episode is a little sample, a little tasty taste of the three pilots that have been released so far. And so far, Andrew has hosted an episode about the music of Chrono Trigger. Kyle has hosted an episode focusing on Disney Channel original movie Brink. And I hosted an episode offering a behind-the-scenes look at Debate This episode 29, In Between Pennywise Thighs. These three episodes are available in full right now on our premium feed, which, again, you can join for as low as $5 at patreon.com slash debate this cast. But today, we've pulled some clips to show off these shows that we've really enjoyed recording and maybe, just maybe, entice you to support us on Patreon, which you can do for as low as $5 at patreon.com slash debate this cast. Ding. So we're going to start off with some clips from Andrew's pilot, which, as we allude to in these clips, features hella licensed music. 
Because of that, some of the coolest commentary for this episode just didn't make it into this preview. But we still had enough fun between tracks to put all this together. So just like, imagine what you're missing or whatever. Allow me to welcome you to the first of our four pilot shows, what, which I am tentatively calling, wait for it, Shove It Into Your Ear Holes. I don't remember approving that specific name for yeah, what Yeah, was doing. there a memo that I missed? Because I don't know how yeah. I feel about that. It came through your Hotmail accounts. Did you, did you check those regularly? Or? <laughs> no? Okay. No. I'm feeling Shout like out maybe to my uncle who still uses a Hotmail account. <laughs> I have... I have a specific spam filter for the word ear holes, so ah, that would explain this. That explains a lot, yeah. Copyright restrictions are a thing, and, you know, Spotify and iTunes pretty much restrict podcasts from even just using, like, a few seconds uh, seconds of licensed music. So we haven't really been able to do something like this. And uh, similar to licensed tracks in AKAR, Tony Hawk episode. Uh, but here's the thing, y'all. Since this episode sits behind a paywall and is sent through Patreon, we can kind of do whatever the fuck we want to do. So, Ain't nobody looking. Right? So we're just going to do it. Is now, that this... how we do crimes? Is that how crimes happen now? We do them yeah. behind our Patreon wall? Pretty much. Standard, yeah. Copyright. These are, these are legitimate copyright crimes. International waters. That's what Patreon <laughs> is. <laughs> To kick off this this exploratory run, I'm starting off with one of my personal favorite all-time games, but also the world's most favorite uh, game, which is Chrono Trigger. Yeah, you guys know uh, Chrono yes. Trigger, Ooh. Matt. You know the world's favorite game, Chrono yeah, Trigger. We've all definitely played Chrono we've Trigger. All definitely played a game that I I know both of I think both of you would actually enjoy. Matt, maybe you would enjoy watching it. Yeah, I have actually watched a decent amount of Chrono Trigger. It's a really cool. cool game. Yeah, it's very light. I've got a pretty good feeling that you're about to Overwatch me. I'm about um, to Overwatch, <laughs> which is which is like Overwatching someone is when they swear that they're not gonna play it for a really long time. At least they swear that, and then by the end they just give up to the overwhelming oppression of what their friends have dealt them and they say okay i'll finally do the thing that's pretty much what the goal of today's episode is and <laughs> speaking of joining me on this auditory adventure are todd they call me gato i have metal joints thomas and matt beat me up and earn 15 silver points cool are, are rhymes a part of the new naming convention in this show yeah I, well All one right. for one so there was a person at the con we were just at who was wearing a Gato shirt. Yep. yep. Really? Sure was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was, uh, I, oh. put the, I put the picture of Gato in the notes. Yeah. Ah, they were, okay. They were wearing a, it was a Millennial Fair ad shirt. That's when I, when I brought that up to Todd and I was like, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot about Chrono Trigger when we talk about it. And again, I'm not going to get into, I'll get into some of the major story beats that happened at the beginning just to kind of set up the, the music here. But the music and the soundtracks is really what's going to take a front seat. And when you talk about like historic video game soundtracks, Chrono Trigger, again, is is in the pantheon of some of the greatest music of all time. Um, this is a soundtrack that I personally will constantly come back to. Songs that like I'll wake up at three in the morning and I'll have uh, the song from the, the theme song from the Kingdom of Zeal stuck in my head. Like this is stuff. There's just songs, music that just sits with you. Um, 
being that this is a pilot, uh, you know, we're going to try out some things. So, uh, listeners, I have a documentary. I've had basically an audition file that I've put in just like a bunch of tracks. We're going to go through this one by one. All of these tracks are edited to be around a minute or a minute and a half. So just, you know, fair warning, we're going to have some some pauses here while we just listen. I've got some bullet points. I've got some like late discussion points, but you know, unlike the flavor text, we're just going to vibe out. We're just going to vibe out. Um, any questions before we get going? I would like to vibe now, please. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah. One of the things when you when you listen to music from specifically this era, um, I, I really that there was something about the SNES sound chip that while it, it absolutely had its limitations, they like Square in particular. I think about this game. I think about Final Fantasy VI. They did a lot of really cool things to just absolute bend the absolute limits of this this hardware. Um, and there's a couple points where they, they've done some really cool things with sound effects to make it resemble other real actual instruments and other things. Um, so we'll, I'll call those out when those come up. Okay. She's showing off this this big, big bulky machine that she's created for who knows why, what reason. She starts to set the thing off, and she, uh, Marley, being the uh, spunky, spunky lady that she is, offers herself up as the volunteer to be transported between this like one little thing. It's kind of like the scene in uh, The Fly, where it's like the two things like right next to each other, sure. the two transporters yeah. right next to each other. The Fly was a much better example. I was gonna bring up Fan Four Stick, but that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> both are a good example because, of course, weird science happens, and mm-hmm. uh, the machine resonates with Marley's pendant, and this kind of explosion happens and creates this time distortion. She's and turned into gets, a half girl, half pendant monster. She's turned into a half pendant monster. Um, so Marley <laughs> gets sucked into this time distortion. And uh, being the hero that he is, Chrono just leaps in after her, having known this girl for 10 minutes. Yeah, right on. But in this timeline, Queen Len was not supposed to have returned. She's still missing. We have to find her to set the timeline right, and we have our adventure. Got it. Okay, we gotta... Okay, sure. We're fighting to preserve the timeline. Exactly. We gotta make Marty's parents meet each other (laughs) and fall in love at the Under the Sea dance. (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty baller. So uh, this is this is this new dungeon. Uh, basically Tyran Castle you go through dungeon ass dungeon, you end up at the top of the tower. The big boss of Tyran Castle is this massive steel triceratops that's being driven like a vehicle by one of the reptites. The big kind of aha moment is the battle is interrupted by, you guessed it, a giant meteor crashing to the sky. Uh, and this is uh, when we yeah. learned that not only is La- what did Lavos come in the form of a meteor, but Lavos is what killed off the dinosaurs. Oh, okay. This is the JFK assassination <laughs> yeah. of Chrono Trigger. Yeah, real JFK assassination situation. <laughs> the ruler of the city, named, whose name is Queen Zeal, she is kind of like this, I don't want to say like tyrant, but, you know, she's got power and she's she knows how to keep it. The Through Queen Zeal, the kingdom has discovered Lavos as this source, this ancient source of otherworldly eldritch power. 
and they are trying to build a this massive machine in the depths of the ocean to absorb and use its power. And guys, do you want to guess what happens when people try to harness the power of an elder god? Oh, I bet that elder god gets angry. Yeah, it. I, there's like a 0% success rate on this, right? Like, yeah. There's not ever. Yeah. Here is some more video game music that we can't play. That had similar energy to like Tomba 2 with like the, the like the whimsical yeah. flutes yeah, in the background was a really and good they, they came out within months of each other yeah. yeah that that's a really good comparison um yeah so that's that's the soundtrack with chrono trigger there's so much more there that i didn't talk about and, and like i said we didn't cover a lot of the story beats this i should have mentioned at the beginning but this was light spoilers but you i i was i kept pretty true to the story i shouldn't have spoiled too much people outside of the some of the, the more surprising music beats so if you haven't played chrono trigger and you really like this i still absolutely recommend go and check it out um you can, like i said you can find it on steam i think you can find the pretty sure you can find the remake on switch just not on the virtual console it's the only thing do not buy a physical copy of chrono trigger for the super nintendo you will be disappointed you will be disappointed <laughs> because you will have spent four hundred dollars right yeah, I would say there's a good chance I'm gonna play this. I mean, it, I, it I like it. I like the music. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll drop it on the recording when I do. I did a but, half marathon um, for you. So. <laughs> it's about the same effort, probably. <laughs> probably. It, I will say. I don't know what is more. I will say it doesn't. It it. This one goes quicker. This one is much more faster. Sure. You can you can blow through this game in probably 20 hours. Like okay, in, unless you spend a lot of time. There's, you do not need to grind. Like it's not a difficult game by any means. It's mm -hmm. inherently narrative. Um, there's some. There's a lot of like end game stuff that you can do, but it's nowhere near like. There's no like super bosses or, you know, ultimate gear. Any any of that nonsense. It's just like yeah, do these fun story missions and then dip out. I'll tell you one thing's for sure. Like this has given me, like that that nostalgic bug bite where now I'm thinking like, what are the other games that were in my childhood era that i missed that i really need to get in on cool matt any last words no i mean this was cool i really love 8-bit music and video game music and i've never been somebody who has had an awesome memory for music from games so i always enjoy hearing other people talk about the memories that they have with games that they played because i don't have a lot of those for whatever reasons and the ones i do i think are a little bit more stereotypical, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so that was a few short clips of an over hour long discussion about video game music and what cultural touchstone Chrono Trigger taught us about ourselves in a show Andrew called, regrettably, shove it into your ear holes. Next up, we have Kyle's Pilot. This one reeked of nostalgia and anti-capitalist vibes as we strapped on our blades and rewatched Disney Channel original movie Brink. Mixed in with talk about how terrible Disney Channel dads could be is plenty of discussion about what the royal we was in the late 90s and how we all promised ourselves we'd never sell out. If you haven't heard the term soul skating before, this one is required listening. Hello, and welcome to Deconstructed, a podcast brought to you by the nerds at Debate This. In this show, we're going to take an in-depth look at 
DCOMs, one 90 minute or two hours with ad breaks entry at a time. Because this is our inaugural episode of Deconstructed, I should probably explain what a DCOM is for our listeners who might not know. DCOMs, or Disney Channel Original Movies, are straight-to-TV, the Disney Channel specifically, movies aimed at tweens and teens. While Disney Channel was programming its own original programming since 1983, quote-unquote DCOMs as a franchise didn't kick off until 1997 with the comedy horror movie Under Wraps, uh, which has been remade in 2021, right, Andrew? And then is... Yep. getting a yep, sequel was, to that remake next year. According to according to this Wikipedia page that I'm reading, <laughs> not my own brain. Yeah, Under Wraps was remade 2021 and, and is getting a sequel. And I should note that Disney Channel did do movies before this. And yes. they were they were more Disney's C-tier straight to straight to VHS type yes. over not so straight to VHS movies. Yeah. Um uh, among them being the Parent Trap Two. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, chips, call, comma the War Dog. Oh. And and Escape to Witch Mountain, which is a, <laughs> I think was remade by The Rock. Uh, was remade starring The Rock in the in the mid two thousands. I think there have been four different Escape to Witch Mountain movies now. If Probably I remember not. that correctly. I think yeah. Yeah. There was really only one choice for our premiere episode today. And that, of course, is the 1998 classic, the third or fourth ever DCOM that made inline skating palatable to millions of waspy homes across the United States. I am, of course, talking about Brink! Exclamation point. Which fits our branding very well, I want to oh, say. It's right in the middle of of all of our Venn diagrams. Come on, Brink! (laughs) Come on and Brink! (laughs) Come on, Brink! Growing up, I watched Brink a lot. (laughs) Was Brink your, like, Shawshank Redemption, where if you ever saw it was on TV, (laughs) you had to sit down and finish it? (laughs) Yeah, so I had... so funny. I had a, uh, you know, recorded VCR cassette uh, of Brink from the Disney Channel that I I put on a lot. And I actually, I brought brought a show and tell to this audio podcast that we do today because I think that it's important. So Brink is actually, like, one of the facets of my personality right it's one of the (laughs) things that made me who i am today obviously brink came out in 98 and i was five um but i grew up going back to brink a lot like i said i had a recorded vhs of it i watched it a lot i was really into dcoms i was watching a lot of disney channel so i brought my high school class ring with me to this recording today which i'm going to try and get to focus on camera but if you can see it, that is oh, my yeah. high school class ring that's that it. says blading no and has way. two roller blades amazing. on it. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I really liked Brink. Brink is a huge part of the reason that I got into roller skating, which I still do and, and still play roller hockey. And I, uh, yeah. I love the idea that you watched Brink when you were Katie's age, then you watched it again when you were Andy's <laughs> age. And now you've watched it when you're the dad's age. Which, right? <laughs> Ralph's age. Yeah. The dad yeah, has yeah. a name. 
he's he doesn't deserve a name. That no, man is he, a he monster. Sucks. <laughs> Brings dad and, sucks. And also, I'm pretty sure he's younger than me. Like I'm I'm almost certain that man is not a day over 32. No, no, no. way. He is he's a very he's a very 1998 32, but he is Yeah, he's an, yeah, he's a, he's 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 32 like uh, Kelsey Grammer is 25 in Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and George Costanza is 29 in Seinfeld. Anyway, oh let's move gosh. on. Oh my gosh, yeah. What does soul skating mean to you? Because I think, oh man. I think at its core, soul skating is like the moving force behind every decom. You just take out skating yeah. and, and substitute in whatever, yeah. whatever activity they're highlighting. I would argue that what we're doing right this very second is soul skating, right? We're just, we're just doing it. <laughs> we're just doing it. For, we're just doing it for the love, man. Like, we're not getting paid to talk about <laughs> to talk about Andy Brink Brinker. Yeah, Andy Brink Brinker. I mean, we're we're getting. So, all of you listening out there, thank you so much for your five dollar monthly donation. That money goes straight into paying the maintenance fees. Like this, we're not getting paid for this. Like, right. Like we are doing it. We are doing it for the love of. The craft of the game. and in, in yeah. an art, you just love the game. Uh, it's it's not selling out, man. You know this is like <laughs> Disney's first anti-capitalist movie. <laughs> yes, dude. So the main theme of this movie, to answer your question, Kyle, you know what does soul skating mean to me? Soul skating means not being a fucking sellout. And not being that a fucking is, sellout. That is the fucking moral of this story. Gabriella yeah. says it word for word. She's like, it starts out you do something that you love and then you start doing it for the money and sooner or later you just become another sellout like the moral of this story is never sell out and what is soul skating if not the antithesis of being a sellout i i cannot express expertly to, said <laughs> to both of you and our listeners how like sure how certain i was i was going to be confronted with the problem should I sell out in my lifetime? And let me tell you all here and now, not once have I been offered the sweetheart deal of like, do yeah. the thing you love, but what? soullessly for money. Right, uh, right. Yeah. It's, like, it's like when we were all as kids told, like, people are going to offer you drugs. It's like, who's giving away drugs for free? Can I have some, please? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to pay. <laughs> drugs are expensive. <laughs> no one is oh. no one is offering kids free drugs and no one is yeah. offering and no one is like seeking out kids to sell out their interests for right. money. It it's right. not happening. But boy did I dream of somebody coming and asking me to sell out my interests for money just so I could be like fuck you man I'll never <laughs> sell out. Yeah. I play I play Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island for the love of the game, not to make money. <laughs> not not for the money. And believe right. us, believe you me, if someone offered Andrew money to play Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island, he would have said no. I I would have said yes. A hundred <laughs> times yes. <laughs> Can we pause here for a quick second? Sorry, Kyle, yes. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no. Did you guys know about the late 90s, early 2000s culture war between skateboarders and roller skaters? Not not at all. <laughs> okay, so I really, like like I said, I really liked this movie. I got into rollerblading. I also really liked Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like, I was too young to, you know, 
be out at skate parks in the 90s, but one of and my... And you were, grew up in Pennsylvania. <laughs> exactly. One of my buddies who I've met through rock climbing who did grow up being, like, an aggressive inline skater has told me about how, like, yeah, like, you would get to the skate park and there would be fights over benches because, like, skateboarders and roller skaters both thought each other were, like, the wussier, wheeled-based oh, extreme yeah. sport. And they would, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you know, people would, like, hack off each other's wheels and they would, like, oh my God. grease oh my uh, rails to try and hurt each other. Like, this was... <laughs> This wow. moment captures a really specific moment in late 90s skate culture that went unsung to many, I believe. Both of those songs are so unimaginably on the nose, but yes. just like totally fit the vibe and I'm in for it. Yeah. It's, the, yeah. All of the songs were one step away from being, my name's Brink and I'm a roller skater. <laughs> like they were all except, right there. Except for the last song called Come On that Brink. That is called which Come On Brink. Come On Brink, yeah. I, I want to um, give this fact to you. Come On Brink, written by Mark Mason and Rick Allen. Rick Allen, AKA the drummer of Def Leppard. <laughs> AKA the one-armed drummer of Def Leppard. Yes, um, the single art, uh, uh, AKA the Thunder God. Absolutely Amazing. wild. And and then the the fourth licensed song, which we which I believe is what plays during this race, this this first downhill race. Uh, I think you're is right, right. Is yeah. Yeah, that right? Is yeah. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. Um, it's it's <laughs> the one. I think it's the it's like the last race, maybe. Okay, okay, but it's by yeah. by um Fastball, a band that had yeah. like two top forty hits. And yep. and Disney uh, Disney one top four. forty hit. Oh, I All I they, think two. I think he's right. I think there's two. Fastballs. The way I think is the only the fastball song that went top forty. And out out of my head reached number fourteen. Yeah, out of my head. Oh, Andrew, all right, okay, all right. Matt, um, you got me. So <laughs> I was on yep. your side. <laughs> I know, I know. I I got I I got I got ahead of myself. Absolutely um, fair. Yeah. You win. So Grammy nominated band. Fastball it appears in a decom movie, and I I just I love that. It's great. So it's this is the before the age of the star would make the single. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. The uh the the Hillary Duff paradox is as it yes. were. Yes. <laughs> as yes. Um. Before before digital downloads were a significant portion of of um, revenue reven of song revenue. Yeah. Andrew, you um, said you had notes. Also. I have some notes. Um, also, this is, we should know it, this is the third DCOM ever. The third like, DCOM ever. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's wild. Um, right at the beginning, I just wrote down the word, uh, Eric Von Detten at some point says chornage. <laughs> like chores. Like yep. the adverb of chores. <laughs> um, major chornage is, is so good. Um, just like generally like a adding age to anything oh yep. yeah yeah um he 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 actually says fat like phat fat yeah <laughs> which i think by 1998 was already like not a it thing. was already it was already on its way out was that yeah. was that spelled fat phat in the closed it sure captions was. it absolutely was oh, hell absolutely. yeah yeah hell um, yeah and 
it turns out ESPN <laughs> caught Val, all of Val's dirty tricks on camera for everyone to see, and the manager doesn't want him as captain of Team X-Blades anymore, so he's kicked off of Team X-Blades, too. Brink gets the full victory. Um, Team X-Blades manager offers Brink the captain spot of Team X-Blades, but he turns it down, proving nothing is stronger than, say it with me, guys, the power the of power friendship. of friendship. <laughs> um, and that's Brink. Rad. That's the movie. Uh, we close Rad. out with that that Mark Mason and Rick Allen song, Come on Brink, playing over yep. credits. Come and, on, Brink. And there we have it. So I, I was kind of surprised that you guys were surprised by this because I think it's in the movie description, but I realized that not everybody had, like, I had the cable that had, like, the guide. So it was like I had inf- I had like a, a description for every TV movie. So this movie I also is... had that. I did not know this at all until you brought it up. Yeah, um, this movie is a modernization. I'm putting in air quotes of an old novel from the 1800s called Hans Brinker, comma or the Silver Skates. Hans Brinker or the Silver Skates is kind of just like a classic. It's not like a fairy tale it, it's fairy tale adjacent it was a novel um it's a moral, it's a very, like, like, a moral story yeah yeah it's a moral story in, in the same vein hans's father raf brinker suffers head trauma when he fell from a dike i don't know okay. what a dike is it's, it's a dam it's another word yeah for it's a, a dam. dam thank you thank you yeah um it left him chronically ill with episodes of amnesia and occasional violent outbursts so that would explain okay. why Ralph Brinker so, is a piece of shit. So the dad yeah. being awful is from the book. Okay. It's canon. It's source it's material. Canon. <laughs> it, it, it is source material, yeah. So Hans earns some money to buy his sister Gretel a pair of steel skates for the race. But he later earns enough money to also buy himself a pair. But there's the moral quandary here. He, instead, he offers that money to pay for his father's operation. Uh. Dr. Bakeman, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Bakeman uh, is so touched by this gesture that he provides the surgery for free and Hans is able to buy the good skates for himself anyway. But Hans at the last minute sacrifices his opportunity to win the race because he drops out to help a friend from a situation. Uh, so that's, okay. that's, that's where Andy's helping Boomer. Yeah, yeah that's where that mm-hmm. comes from. They magically got all their money back. So oh, everybody's okay. Fine. Great. And Hans, goes a pretty, to, Hans becomes a doctor. That's a pretty good adaptation of that story, I yeah. think, too. Like, right? I mean, you know, it's <laughs> definitely like, it's definitely a modernization. It's, um, you know, it, it hits a lot of the same notes, but the, the moral quandary there is is still, it, it's, you know, don't compromise your values. And, right. Uh, yeah. You know, it'll work out. It's this isn't a, a very American story, obviously. Is like sure. yes. good people make good people will get money and things that are thrown at them as long as they keep having faith. Like that's a yes. very American. As long as yeah, you yeah, sure. as long as but, you try hard, try hard and do good things, you yeah. will be rewarded. Yeah, yeah. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps, some may say. By your skate straps. Yeah. By your skate laces. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, Hans Brinker or the Silver Skates. Wow, I'm I'm. It's right here on the Wikipedia page. I don't know how I missed it in preparation, except that I just skimmed the Wikipedia. It's, it's page, just I like guess. you don't need to and know. It's like knowing it's not. No. It's like knowing 
10 Things I Hate About You is a retelling of The Taming of the Shrew. It doesn't yeah, matter. Right. right but right. it is. But if you're a theater kid and and want to want to get that backstory, there it is. So yeah. Or yeah. if you want to tell people you've seen the Taming of the Shrew, you right. just watch Ten Things I Hate About You. Just you. watch Ten yeah. Things I Hate About You. Believe me, we were all surprised when that episode took a hard turn to 19th century American literature. If you get a chance to rewatch Disney Channel original movie Brink, though, I definitely recommend it. Then you'll be prepared to hear us gush about it for a full hour and a half in a show that Kyle ingeniously called Deconstructed. Last but hopefully not least, we have my submission to the Summer O-Pilots in a director's commentary style retrospective of a DT episode from season two. As we're closing in on the end of season five, it was a lot of fun to look back on the roots of the show. I've said it before and I'll say it again, the back half of season two is nothing but bangers. Here are some clips of us reacting to our old arguments and then mostly reckoning with our past decisions. Anyway, yeah, you did. Yeah, Andrew and Kyle, shut up, we're moving on. Andrew and <laughs> Kyle set a pretty high bar for me to climb over with their submissions to the Summer O-Pilots. If you haven't taken the time to check out Shove It In Your Ear Holes and Deconstructed, you definitely should because we had a blast recording those and they're very fun listens. That said, today I look to vault that bar, not by looking outwards, but by looking inwards. Whether it's through director's commentaries, press interviews, or behind-the-scenes footage, we all love to peek behind the curtain and see how the sausage gets made. Ding. (laughs) Mark your bingo cards. (laughs) Yep. I, for one, loved to switch to the commentary version on disc two as I rewatched the same four DVDs on my family's biannual road trips to Illinois. We're going to effectively do a case study on our previous debate as we explain a little bit more into the behind the scenes of the podcast in this new DT premium feed show I have dubbed Sausage Casings. Oh, (laughs) I love it. Don't. Today, we're going to be talking about Debate This, episode 29, In Between Pennywise Thighs. Consider this to be your spoiler warning for a silly podcast we released three years ago, but we'll probably spoil the ending of 29 for you. However, if that's not a problem, then don't feel like you have to pause here and go listen to it. This may be your excuse to dive back into our back catalog, or it might check the episode 29 box for you, so you can do what you want. I'm not your dad. Yeah, um, I retweet what Andrew said about uh, simping for TurboTax. <laughs> I listened to this over the weekend while working out, and like we got caught in that joke, and after two minutes of that joke, I'm like, oh, we're still doing this. Yeah. Like, we're, still, <laughs> we're still talking about this, huh? All right. Um, uh, that aside, I mean, I know we're going to talk more about this. Uh, this was a good episode. Um, yeah. this was a, this was one of those episodes where, um, and we'll, I don't, I don't know if you've got a place to discuss this later, but just kind of on the whole, it hit the, the joke that we make so often of like who had the wild card mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of fun to see that happen. And then have it explained in the in the the post credits. Which this was also an episode, obviously before we were doing the post show, 
And I realize now how much I like the post show. Yeah. On yeah. our yeah. debate this episodes because we get to like take the conversation afterwards and talk about these things that we're probably going to talk about today. Yeah. yeah, this this episode, and I th- this happens whenever I go and listen to an old episode, which isn't too often. Guys, we this is a good show. Like, I don't try and think <laughs> about whether our show is good or not, because, like, that's not productive to putting out a weekly show. But, like... This is a good. This was a fun listen. I had a good time listening to the show, and and more people should listen to our show because it's actually good. Well, I think this is a really good time for us to move a little farther in the episode. So I'll debate this episode's start with a prompt, and this episode it was which video game vehicle would make the best war transport vehicle? I guess. Do you think we ever actually? posed that question forward because (laughs) one thing that i started doing consciously as a host of debate this somewhere in like season four ish late four maybe i started ending my intros with the question of the episode because i realized from listening back that we sometimes just didn't say it and just kind of like did a bit and so Like I said, the prompt here is which video game vehicle would make the best war transport vehicle? I'd like you guys to react to that. And then do you think we ever actually asked that question? Um, I mean, no, like (laughs) (laughs) and you're right. We somewhere along the line, we like made the effort to like make the question coherent as the thesis statement of the episode so that we had a like, hey, because somewhere in I think season four three or four we there was an episode where we all collectively were trying to figure out how to answer it and we all had to keep coming back to whoever was hosting and be like what do you mean what are you asking here so we like somewhere in there we we changed that so we had a concrete question to answer each time we certainly don't need to go through every answer for every question but what stood out to you as high points in this episode Anything you wish you would have played a different way? Do you have anything you want to say about Todd's lubed base answers? The floor is open. Um, I will always just celebrate when Todd takes the opportunity to like say lube on the <laughs> on the <laughs> air. So many times. It was way more times than it needed to be. I also really liked Todd and I both kind of went with a like the science doesn't the science we don't understand supports it. And um, some of you may die, but that's a risk we're willing to take. Um, We both took those angles in our argument for vastly different vehicles, which was very fun. Yeah, I listening back a couple of things. So I realized in the how do you improve it area, I misspoke and said that. Um, the lubricant would also help keep Spartan lasers from hitting the ship, which like obviously if 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 I cover a spaceship in petroleum jelly, like man made of Spartan armor will slide off. Um, probably will not reflect high intensity lasers, but maybe it's just really good lubricant. I mean, I, don't, I think I don't it know. is a I think it is a trope of the show at this point that someone brings a I we all know this argument is bullshit. But mm-hmm. it's the only one I got, so I gotta I gotta argue it. Um, 
I also stand by the, again, to kind of go to Kyle's bit about like the science is bad here, but we're not paying attention <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, when before Andrew offered the right premise of spraying it on like airplane antifreeze, I said we would just dunk the wasp. <laughs> yeah. We just, just do like a, blue. we do like a dunk. It's just like a big pool and we just go a bloop. Um, so I appreciated that. And now that Kyle's talked about sketchy science, I now realize like we brought weapons of war and intergalactic travel and Andrew brought the ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An ice cream truck with a flamethrower on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've gone top to bottom on this episode. We've talked about the prompt, the answers, the conclusion. I've got a few segments for us here at the end of this sausage casings episode that I want to move through before we call it a wrap on the day. The first segment I have is an ad break, but this is a Patreon show where we don't do ads. So instead, we're going to talk about the ad break from episode 29 because, oh, baby, that ad break. Oh, man. It yeah. hits so hard. So what? Let me start by saying Craft and Vinyl is a very great establishment. I had a very good time when we recorded there. It's fine. It's fun to shop. Hey. Kyle, can I interrupt you? Craft and Vinyl has closed. They no I'm longer sure. are open. Yeah. Or they, got, they got COVIDed. Um, yeah. The the ad. So the ad. I was listening to the episode today while I was like doing other chores around the house, and the ad started, and I was like, "Oh, this this targeted ad seems off." Wait, a minute. <laughs> we don't put targeted ads in our show. What is Craft and Vinyl ad? That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough for the ad break. I want to move on to the next segment because this is the one that I'm most excited about. This, I need a sound effect to go here and I don't have one yet, is add it to the wiki. Is that not that's it? it? There we go. Okay. Add that to the wiki. Yeah, so <laughs> this is the section that I want to take some time to acknowledge things that, yeah, should be added to the DT wiki. We talk about it enough. I'm not going to start us a Wikipedia page because I just don't have the bandwidth for that. However, if someone would ever want to, what an excellent place for them to refer to refer back to this segment would be. And in this episode, we have the first appearance of the DT exclamation point HQ pronounced DT exclamation point HQ. I thought that was cool. This is when we, we made that joke. Yeah. 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 And then we talked a good bit about how it it's nice to read and not always nice to say. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then something about corn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot of on corn. The band, yeah. not the, the food product. Correct. Yeah. That poster that I reference is right there, actually. Uh, <laughs> I also, speaking of hard rock music, think this is the first episode that we mention Rob Zombie's Dragula. I'm not sure about that, but we talk about that song kind of a lot. Yeah, it comes up more than than many other songs. Certainly yeah. more than any other Rob Zombie song, yes. Yeah, well, name name three, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> this was not a Spooktacular Express episode, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Werewolves don't always wear jorts. That's I, the first metal I'm going to just say this real quick. I will defend our naming. Having been the person that named these episodes until about a year ago, I will defend these naming conventions to my grave. That mm -hmm. being said, it may make it really hard to find hard. episodes. I, I cannot 
find an episode. I, it's impossible. If I, if I need an, if I need to go reference an old episode, I ask one of you guys. Yeah. Hey, what episode did we do yeah. this? And I, but that does like perfectly encapsulate our vibe and our brand of our show is form over function. Yep. <laughs> sure yeah. does. I, I I go to our archive of our Excel document and I'll control F a word that I hope is in the description. <laughs> and that is, that is the best way yeah. for me to find an old episode. Like so, you know, metal cap. I'm gonna I'm gonna control F metal cap or dracula sometimes the problem is like especially when i used to do those descriptions at work i would start to dissociate like the time that i just put the entire <laughs> description to, to 1987's beetlejuice in an episode description <laughs> what did yeah. that happen i hide a lot of easter eggs that you guys don't <laughs> see in the descriptions all right well my last segment for this episode the running title the working title is the big board but i am accepting other more on brand segment ideas but as a parting note i'd like to finish these sausage casing episodes by ranking every episode of our podcast on one giant imaginary big board so as the first episode We'll put episode 29 smack as the top, middle, and last on the list. But if we do more episodes of this, we can adjust accordingly. Before we hit the outro, do you guys have anything else you want to say about episode 29 as it takes its place here on the imaginary big board name pending? I'd say um, it's like without doing with no other research. It sounded like a solid B. Like, yeah, good episode. I I was going to say, I know we're very particular to not repeat ideas that we've done for fear of repeating an episode <laughs> yeah. in its entirety. Specifically don't Unknowingly. Do yeah. Um, but I, I, listening to this and thinking back, I know we did like a Mario Kart Ghost Rider episode. We haven't done a lot of video game vehicle episodes. And I think that's a well that we need to, we need to tap into. And with that, we have reached the end of this DLC episode. If you're looking at your podcast app and thinking, did they really just release a clip show this week? Well, you're still listening, so I guess it doesn't really matter. All jokes aside, thank you as always to you, the lovely, lovely listener, for hanging out with us each week. If any of these pilots tickled a particular fancy for you, I'll say it one more time, please consider enlisting in hashtag Nation by joining our Patreon for as low as $5 a month over at patreon.com slash debate this cast. Not only will you be able to hear these three full episodes, but you'll also gain access to the entire soon to be concluded first campaign of the office drones. And you can join our Patreon-only Discord, where we share dumb memes and talk about bad movies and stuff. And we're only a few months away from the Spooktacular Express, which means our annual Patreon gifts will be going out soon, so you could literally pay to get free stuff. How neat is that? Honestly, I don't really have a way to end this episode, so I'll just pitch it over to our past selves with the outros from these episodes. We'll be back next week with episode 106 of Debate This, which, let me tell you, has some really insane bit work from yours truly. We'll see you next week. <laughs> and we're saying we've never closed a show in the premium feed this way, so I don't have anything prepared that isn't related to Dungeons & Dragons, so this is where we're going to end our, se end our session. Bye, everybody. 
Um, thank you all for listening. And um, I don't have a sign off for this show, so we've bye. we've been here. Well, that seems like a great place to wrap up. So as always, thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. But you know that because you support us as part of hashtag Nation. Thank you so much for your support and mark your calendars for next month as Todd brings you the finale of our Summer O-Pilots. Next month, we'll be bringing you a brand new series pilot as we continue week two of the Summer of Pilots, and I forgot to delete that last sentence off of my notes. Until next time, <laughs> I'm Matt Cole. I'm Todd Jonathan Halo's Lube Tube Thomas. I'm Kyle. You have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior Kirby's air ride, Harper. And I'm Andrew Long in the Dark Tooth Henderson. And we would like to say thanks for casing this sausage with us. We'll see you next month. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Post <laughs> show. It's good. Post. Wait. Nope. Nope. No, no post shows on this one. No. I love that energy though. Mm-hmm.